Well, the Magnificent Seven have been dominating the U.S. stock market, and the U.S. stock market has been grabbing an increasing proportion of its share of the size of global market cap. So where does it all end? And are there winners and losers in the big tech space? They are pursuing a few different business models. So can we get a handle on who's going to be doing best by looking at which business model has the most potential and understanding where the threats are? That's this week. The Morning Call from NAB with Phil Dobby, the weekend edition. So just how far will the values of big tech go, even though we've had a fairly dismal week? Well, it's not been great, has it, on the stock market this week? Meta's share price is up over 150% over the last 12 months. Alphabet or Google, not doing quite as well, but they are still up 50% over the year. Microsoft is about the same. And Netflix also up 50% in the year. Amazon up 70% in the last 12 months. All that in a year where the S&P rose just 20%, well below the levels of big tech. Well, that is apart from Apple, which only managed to sort of level that at 20% gain in the last 12 months. And Twitter, even though the uh, the brand is now called X, we still buy shares in Twitter. Well, they've, they've not grown at all in the last year. And neither has Snapchat, whose shares took a bit of a nosedive after their earnings results earlier this month. So uh, you keep hearing how AI is driving a lot of that momentum. Is that the case? Uh, well, let's talk to Deborah Aho-Williamson. She's an independent tech analyst from Seattle. So in a way, the online players, uh, the Magnificent Seven, let's ignore Tesla and NVIDIA for now and just look at the uh, the online business models. And it is a bit like the old news industry, isn't it? Because they sell advertising or they sell subscriptions or they do a bit of both. And it seems like those who sold subscriptions like Netflix are now also trying to sell ads. And those who sold ads like Twitter are now trying to sell subscriptions. So between the two, I mean, which model wins out in the long term, do you think? Well, you know, it's, it's first of all, th- thank you so much for having me. I've been following all these companies, particularly the social media companies, uh, for a very, very long time. So uh, advertising has been the primary business model for most of the digital publishers um, for many years, right? Uh, you know, you look at, at Meta. I mean, Meta, as, as you as you pointed out, had, had an amazing year last year uh, and also a very awesome quarter with ad revenue up 24% uh, for an enormous company whose flagship app, Facebook is 20 years old. Uh, to see ad revenue growth like that has been crazy. So uh, the, the business model of advertising is doing very, very well for a company like Meta. And yet, interestingly, uh, interesting, Elon Musk on the other side is there saying, well, you know, he can't rely on advertising. He wants to start charging users. So what's he doing wrong? <laughs> oh, well, you could go down a very deep, deep rabbit hole about what <laughs> Elon Musk might be doing wrong. But to answer your question, Twitter, I mean, advertisers have decided that they're not as interested in Twitter. It's losing some users. Uh, Elon Musk has has made some changes to it that are maybe not uh, in not as brand safe as you might say might might want if you're an advertiser. And so, uh, offering subscri- subscriptions is something that uh, I think. Musk needs to do in order to bring in revenue. Uh, it's it's definitely been an interesting thing to watch over the past couple of years since Musk has been there. It's uh, it's not clear whether subscriptions or advertising is going to support the company in in the long run. Uh, there's uh, th- there's there's a lot that needs to be done to turn the company around, in my opinion. Right, but on but on the meta side, I mean, you said it there, brand safety, and that's an important part of all of this, isn't it? So that is where your ads are seen, and I guess in Twitter. The 
the problem is it's the ads aren't that immersive are they really it's it's really because it's everyone's in a rush you do you don't have time to sit and watch videos whereas maybe you've got a bit more time uh, on platforms like Facebook and brand safety because you're you know you're largely talking to your friends it's a less uh, aggressive environment so it's a safer place to 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 have your ad seen I think generally I mean I think ad- advertisers always do have to be careful I mean they 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 meta is not uh, you know a, a- There are certainly content uh, moderation issues on on Meta's apps. You know, we we have seen that uh, in problems with, you know, fake content, misinformation, disinformation. So all of those create environments where advertisers still do need to be careful and watch out where their ads are being placed. But, you know, overall, I mean, X Twitter is still a place where people go to have the kind of conversation that is in real time or in the moment, or they just want to spout off about something. And so that tends to sometimes make uh, advertisers a little bit more wary because they don't know what they're necessarily going to get at any given moment on X. So what about AI and advertising then? Has it got a, has it got a role to play? Can it help create ads or help to, to, to tailor the message more? And imagine, you know, I could see that all as being a positive. On the negative side, obviously, AI can also create content, which could be harmful content, which makes it more expensive or more, dif- more difficult to control. There's a, a benefit and a definite disadvantage here, isn't there? Well, there there are more benefits than there are disadvantages, I believe, to AI. Um, if you were to look just at a company called, like, like Meta, uh, AI has already been supporting the advertising business for several years. Uh, so... They have a product called Advantage Plus. It's an advertising, basically, it's an automated advertising solution. So that allows, uh, basically, allows advertisers to give some control over to Meta to choose where to place the ads uh, and and formatting and things like that. And uh, the AI has been very successful and has allowed advertisers who are like e-commerce advertisers, retail advertisers, and gaming advertisers to see better performance and more efficient advertising. So in other words, saving them money, uh, which is always a good thing when you're an advertiser. So, right. uh, so that, what, getting, to, getting to the right target more efficiently, is that what you mean? Basically, yes. Yes. Getting the right target, but also getting the better response as well. So uh, Meta has been very successful with rolling that form of AI out within its advertising business. Uh, Meta is also testing some generative AI tools for advertisers. So these are things that might allow an advertiser to create multiple variations of an ad very quickly or to test different copy, you know, maybe change one word or two words or try something different for a different target audience. These are a bit newer, but I think over time, these are going to also make advertising easier and more efficient for advertisers. So really positive things. Overall, I do believe that AI is, you know, there, there's certainly issues. You know, you, you mentioned that there are challenges. I mean, AI can be used to make deep fakes, uh, which are very, very <laughs> risky and very easy. Uh, and it creates a situation where all the social platforms uh, and any platform that offers AI has to play a whack-a-mole game to find, you know, the, the bad actors that are creating the deep fake because they keep changing things. And that's expensive. Yeah. That's expensive, though, isn't it? I mean, you need to, you know, you need to employ more people you can't, unless you find a way that you can uh, challenge AI with AI. Otherwise, you've got to employ people to, 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 to police all this social media. It, it certainly is. I mean, you know, detection AI is a very big thing. So that that's basically what you're talking about is detecting when something is is you know not 
not what it should be and using AI to do that. Um, it's always going to be a catch up game. I mean, the, 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 the businesses and, and entities that create these, these, I know, deep fakes and misinformation using AI, they always seem to stay a step ahead. And, um, I do believe that, you know, Again, social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, they have had problems with content moderation in the past, and AI is going to make that problem worse. So I do expect that uh, they will be spending a lot more money over the course of the next couple of years to build out these AI detection tools to try to stamp it out. And they may have to, of course, because governments might lose their patience. I mean, particularly the European government uh, or, you know, the the European Union, uh, which seems to come down harder in terms of antitrust cases doesn't it really so i mean is there a danger that for all of this that they may be saying oh yeah we you know we we're heading in the right direction on all of this but you know it's a it's a slow game it's a long game and then all of a sudden a government comes along and says well it's not that long a game you've got to get sorted out next year and all of a sudden all your profit disappears in trying to fix the you know the issue about how you get control out of uh, malicious content on your sites Yes, I mean the, the the government regulation is always going to be an issue. I mean we've we've seen it in the U.S., we've seen it in in Europe, facing all of these tech companies. Uh, you know everything from uh, like you mentioned antitrust to uh, c- control of content to uh, you know uh, user privacy. I mean these these are all things that come up over and over again for for these companies. So I do believe in the AI era, there's, there's only going to be more quest for regulation and more challenge ahead for the tech companies. Uh, to their credit, I mean, the tech companies at least say we, you know, we we are open to to regulating. We, we you know, we want to cooperate with with governments. Um, so they are taking that stance. It's not necessarily a you know rebellious stance. It's one of cooperation. But uh, you are exactly right that at some point, uh, you know, whether it's in the EU or uh, you know in the US, there could be a regulation that comes about that does change the business model for these companies. And, um, and is there a ce- hasn't happened yet? My, yeah. could, we could be right around the corner though, couldn't it? Who knows? But I mean, is there a ceiling as well to online advertising? So if we're seeing online advertising as being more effective, then that's great, unless you're not in the online sector because it just you know takes more money away from from newspapers and TV and everyone else who's trying to hang on to their share uh, of the total amount, the global share of all advertising. So does it just take a bigger a share? And is there a ceiling to all of that? Because it's okay to be more efficient. But obviously, there's only so much money sitting in marketing budgets around the world. Yes. Well, I mean, you, you know, you always have to look. Right, right now, things look pretty good. I mean, most of the major tech companies, as you said, had very strong Q4s and, report, you know, and are, are feeling pretty positive going into 2024. Um, there's always the specter of, uh, you know, recessionary environments, war, um, you know, uh, uh, other kind of worldwide things that could impact the overall advertising market. Yeah, because they always hit the advertising market first, don't they? And yet here we are <laughs> bouncing back so swiftly from it. Yes. I mean, it, it advertising is, I mean, it, it, it is in some respects a luxury. You know, when you think, when you think about what, adver- what, what companies are doing, sometimes they think about advertising as being something that's easy to cut. Uh, but for now, I mean, things are looking good and digital advertising is still growing. Uh, the, 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 my, my, the company I, I worked for for many years, Insider Intelligence, uh, forecasts that digital advertising is expected to grow on a worldwide basis by 13% this year. Uh, but when you look at traditional advertising, which is that kind of TV, radio, print advertising, only 2.4% growth. 
So this is, you know, this is testament to the, the kind of business that companies like Meta, Amazon and Alphabet have built over the years that enables this digital business to just keep getting larger and larger. So what about Amazon then? Because obviously they make a bit of money out of selling stuff and they've got a few delivery trucks around the planet uh, and it's working out very well for them. Is that going to keep on growing or are we going to see more growth coming from online advertising, for example, on on uh, on Amazon Prime on TV? Is that where they're seeing future growth coming from? Well, Amazon still gets massive revenue from shopping. And from cloud computing, um, you know, Amazon Web Services. As a matter of fact, you know, AWS had maybe a down year last year, but now the company believes it has a lot of room to grow with the demand for AI that that uh, you know that, that that AI is making on the necessity to have like cloud computing, uh, you know, infrastructure. So um, AI is a huge uh, part of Amazon. I mean, it's an investor in Anthropic, which is a buzzy AI startup. Uh, Amazon has its own AI chat service that it's called. That's called Rufus, uh, which is a fun name, but it's is it aimed at, at, at users uh, to you know to help them do their shopping better. Um, advertising is a growing business for Amazon, uh, but you know it, it and, and Amazon at least on a worldwide basis is is one of the larger digital players behind Alphabet and and Meta. But uh, you know it it is significantly smaller, and so you know when you see Amazon adding advertising in prime video which just launched yep, rather um, annoyingly that will, you know, that will eventually <laughs> yeah you know ads are coming to streaming no matter where you look it's just a fact of life but uh, you know that will add revenue to amazon but the primary re- advertising revenue source that amazon has is the ads that appear in its shopping so uh you know things to drive people to make purchases um, directly on amazon's app or website and you can't beat that ecosystem can you really at all that's i mean absolute strength there to be able to advertise and sell in the same breath so what about it's an amazing (laughs) and it's a seattle company i just have to shout out it's a seattle company (laughs) i live in seattle uh, it, it is quite a gangbusters company. Right. So what about Microsoft then? They're doing all right as well. And AI, obviously important to them. But uh, I mean, in a way, they've they've got a revenue stream attached to this now because they're sort of adding it onto Office 365 subscriptions uh, so they can sell it as a, you know, as, a, as an offering to, to companies. So, you know, their, their background obviously is flogging software traditionally, and that's been their core offering since day one. Uh, so in this space of actually selling AI as a subscription offering, they're going to be tough to beat, aren't they? But on advertising, you know, they're there, but Bing, you know, it's not it's not used as much as Google, is it? They've got LinkedIn, uh, which has some advertising revenue, but it's a mix of advertising and subscriptions. They've acquired Activision Blizzard, so they're, they're selling gaming subscriptions, but also a bit of mobile advertising as well. So they do a bit of both, but they're mainly a subscription business and a, a business selling software rather than, apart from, you know, corporate platform stuff, uh, rather than advertising. Are, are they going to get bigger in the advertising game, do you think? Yeah, that's a tough one because you're right. I mean, Microsoft has been such a strong player and, you know, the, uh, cloud computing is another area. That, that Microsoft is doing very, very well in. So uh, the nice thing about Microsoft is that it does have this range of businesses that it can rely on. Um, I do find it interesting uh, what they are doing in AI with Copilot, which is their, their, you know, their brand name for their AI offering. Um, Microsoft just took out a very expensive Super Bowl advertisement in the United States uh, to, 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 to tout the promise of generative AI for average people. 
uh, to get them to download the Copilot app to do things like help them start a business or do homework. Uh, and as it turns out, that ad was apparently pretty effective because Copilot was the number two downloaded app in the Apple App Store on the day after the Super Bowl happened uh, in the United States. So clearly, this is an opportunity that Microsoft spies to go after that consumer market to, uh, to you know, obviously, much of their business is, is, again, aimed at the business to business audience, but uh, to go after that average consumer who's curious about AI, who wants to explore what AI might do for them. Um, um, and how it might make their lives a bit easier. That's going to be very interesting to watch. And to bring it back to the topic of advertising, I think you're right. I think, you know, advertising has not ever been a huge business for Microsoft. It has, you know, like you mentioned, Bing. Uh, LinkedIn is is a very promising thing. I love personally, I love LinkedIn. I'm very active there. And I do think that form of advertising is effective to reach that audience. Uh, but when you think about, you know, launching an app aimed at consumers, that's an AI app, you have to wonder, you know, is there eventually going to be advertising incorporated into these AI experiences that our consumers are having? We haven't seen it yet, but I certainly think over time we're going to see paid advertising in, you know, generative AI experiences like a co-pilot. So there's a lot of money being spent on AI. And interesting, I was reading in the FT how many tech companies now have been hiding some of that investment because they've been writing off their, you know, their their infrastructure, like their servers, for example. They've expanded the life, lifespan of their assets, in particular their servers, so that on for accounting their depreciated over a long period. So that sort of hides the investment they're making into all of this new technology without necessarily impacting their, their margins over the last year. That catches up with you at some point if you don't get all that investment coming back to you. So are we going to, is it going to shake down to a profitable business model or is there a bit of a risk? Could it all be overhyped? Could this be another dot-com bubble that we are on the verge of? Mm-hmm. That's such an excellent reference. I, I was around, I worked for a, a startup magazine back in the dot-com bubble. It was called the Industry Standard. And uh, we rode the the wave of the dot-com boom and then went bankrupt when the dot-com bo- bust happened. It's got to be so, the feel about it, though, isn't it? It was all so much promise. It was it was an amazing time, and there and, I, and there are a lot of parallels. I mean, every day there are new AI startups that offer everything from AI headshots to video dubbing to cooking classes to you know you name it using AI. I mean, it, it is very much the buzzword of the moment. But I, I, I do feel like that, that, that this is a, a very fundamental change in the way that consumers and businesses are going to interact with the world around them. Uh, kind of like the internet was, you know, back in the 90s and the mobile phone was, you know, more recently. I do think AI is going is going to be something that is going to be part of everybody's lives. Um, there are so many startups, not everyone is going to succeed. I do think that the venture capital investment in, in AI startups is probably going to start getting a bit more selective. Uh, right now, I think VC firms are taking a lot of bets and putting money into lots of different things because they're not sure what's going to shake out. 
But um, over time, I mean, the revenue model for AI comes down to selling your service, whether it's to another business um, or or to consumers uh, who are paying a subscription fee, or perhaps through advertising. I mean, those are basically the, you know, to bring it back to how you started our conversation, subscriptions and advertising are probably the business model for a lot of AI services in the future. Right, and which one's going to win in terms of revenue? Which which one do you reckon? I guess if we, if we just looked in the consumer space, because in the corporate space, obviously, it's subscriptions and it's paid for services but in the in the consumer space i mean it sounds like you were you were leaning towards saying well you know advertising's been a long around for a long time the projections are that it's just going to go and get bigger and bigger uh, so that's the future and in which case meta will do well but that's interesting in itself isn't it that facebook that you know the site that all the kids say oh we don't go on that that's just for our grandparents is the one that's still doing really well it's amazing how well Facebook is doing as a 20-year-old app. Uh, I never thought when I started following the company 18 years ago as an analyst that I would still be talking as much as I do about Facebook. Uh, but this, yeah, so, so I mean, AI has really been a, a, a transformative business for, or transformative technology, I should say, for businesses. And uh, it, it is really uh, you know, playing a role in advertising in many ways. And the advertising business model uh, of AI is something that I think we're going to see a lot more of uh, when people are making queries in Copilot or in ChatGPT about uh, where, you know, where, where should I eat when I go to Sicily, which is actually something I did not too long ago, and get a list of restaurants. I mean, why wouldn't there be eventually an ad for a restaurant in that mixed in with that uh, i do think ad- advertising is going to be a very very interesting business model mm. for for ai oper- offerings in the future 100 well, percent. i mean that is just really like how google started isn't it with uh, with keywords keyword advertising that's how the whole online advertising model started so it's just an enhancement on that isn't it really which i mean the final question then so what is the next big thing what are the big changes that we're going to see in tech is there anything else coming along? I mean, AI seemed to come out of the blue. What's the next thing? Or is it just going to be the enhancing those capabilities of AI in particular uh, for, for advertising so that, as you've been saying, it's more targeted and, and more effective? Yeah. So, I mean, if I if I were to make predictions, again, going back to AI and advertising, I mean, I do see a very ripe opportunity for paid advertising to be to flow into AI experiences, whether those are on social apps or into some sort of, you know, chat GPT app, something like that. Uh, I also see a very strong possibility for search advertising to be somewhat disintermediated by generative AI. So that's something where well, I think Google is So what does that mean for Google? Where does Google sit in all of this then? Are they, have they moved fast enough in the AI game? It's interesting because, you know, Google has a very strong search business that they have to protect. At the same time, they're making advances in AI. So, uh, what, where, where I think I think Google has moved as fast as it possibly can, and you know, with the rollout of Gemini and some of the other you know AI tools that it, it offers, I mean, the, the, these models, uh, the Gemini model, I mean, to, to many experts, is a very good large language model for uh, you know for generative AI. So, uh, it's it's doing a lot of the right things. 
um, it just has a lot of legacy businesses to protect. And I think balancing the needs of those legacy businesses with the also strong need to move ahead in artificial intelligence is is something that, that is weighing on Google for sure. Right. So they're not necessarily behind the curve. They're just trying to balance their revenues. Makes a great deal of sense, doesn't it? So we could expect more more from them. They're not necessarily losing the race. Look, Deborah, it is going to be an interesting year ahead. Or well, it, We don't even need to look further than a year, do we? Because it moves so fast in tech. It's been great having you on. Let's get you on again soon. Thanks for your time. Thank you. It's been great to be here. And next week, if you think AI can be a little bit confusing, what about Donald Trump? If he becomes president in the United States and does his second and final term, what will he do? And have we priced in the risk of a second and final term for President Trump? That's one to cheer over next week. Katie Martin, she's going to be joining me next week on the weekend edition. And I'm back on Monday morning, of course, for our regular weekday edition of The Morning Call as well. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Catch you very soon. The Weekend Edition. 